Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, how are you doing today? You know, it's the same old shit. It's the same old shit that is so <laughs> boring to talk about. Um, all I do is work, and when you work all the time, it's boring. But no, my big my big highlight this week is um, seventh grade and watching like so many of my friends' kids be like scholars and star athletes and like you know <laughs> class president. <laughs> And my kid is just like, fuck off school. I hate this shit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and like in seventh grade, they really do this thing, at least in LA and LAUSD, they do this thing where they really shift these children into organization and assignments being on time and writing in your planner. And these are the most important things in the world, right? Like mm-hmm. time management and all this shit, right? And my kid's like, well, I got the answer right. It just wasn't in the right format. What is this? And I'm like, oh God, okay, listen. <laughs> like, so I'm yeah. having to explain this whole thing about the world that I don't really believe in and that I don't really live my life. Like, I mean, sure, you have to be on time with things and all of that, but there's also just sort of arbitrary rules that sticklers, like Charlotte has one just stickler ass teacher who like gave them a zero on assignment because they put their name in the wrong place. And I was oh, just like, okay. Sake. And then also my kid has figured out that they're not going to need like this complicated algebra where they're headed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and has figured it out way too early, unfortunately. So it's just really having to pretend you know, not pretend, but sort of get a kid when you're raising a kid who, you know, is going to be a cool adult, but childhood just sucks for, it's just not fun is the bottom line. So that's how I am. I'm sure that's not fun. Cause as I recall, it wasn't fun to be that kid. Yes. 
Exactly. Exactly. And all our friends are all like my kid. But most of the people I know, creative people I know, people I've worked with are like this. And I'm just watching my kid who's incredibly creative and interesting and, you know, can, can, you know, knock an assignment out of the park, but maybe uses the wrong font. Right. You know, is not great right. at following all instructions. And it's just like making them care about something that it's hard to make a person care about and trying to bring in like, well, it is important to be on time. Yeah, but mom, do I have to always put my name? No, you're probably not in the real world. It's going to have to put your name in the right place. But maybe for tax forms. The bigger argument, I think, and I agree. I mean, I sat in, I was terrible in math. I sat in math classes and wondered when in the world I was going to use any of that information. Right. But it all helps you learn how to think yes, and how I to agree. organize your thinking. So in that way, it's, it's not bad what they're doing, maybe. I mean, maybe it would have been good for me if someone had, when I was in seventh grade, really emphasized organization. And time management. And time management. Maybe that's not the worst, but I can see where it's, it's bumping up against the things about them that are, that are different and unique. Totally. I mean, I have a super, I have a super neurodiverse kid. It's like, it's just, it's like a cornucopia of neurodiversity. So I'm also <laughs> like on the phone with like the, the resource teacher being like, okay, well, I know their handwriting is really sloppy. They've always had probably they have like hand eye coordinate. They have like vision to eye coordination. They need vision therapy. Like I've, I've been, and it's just like all these calls and just being like, Yes, I I know you're right. They do need to put their name in the right place. You're ap you're absolutely yes. But yes. They, they don't make. See, I would think in the year 2022, there would be a lot of resources for neurodiverse kids in schools. There are some, right? So this is this is where you get into a problem. I mean, I don't know if this is boring or not, and maybe we'll cut all this, but this is where you get into a challenge because you can get a lot of accommodations for your kid if you want your kid to look like the freak in class, right? Right, right. And in middle school- Yeah, you don't want that. Charlotte's like, I don't want anyone around. I don't want anybody to know. I don't want any. So of course, some of the teachers yeah. are super cool. Like I'll just get, a, I mean, I hope none of these teachers listen to this podcast as your therapist does that we now know. <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows who listens? But yeah, it's a fucking crapshoot and it's every teacher's different. And right. you know, I got whatever, five more years of this shit. So I mean, that's the thing about school is the, 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 the range of teachers is yep. so broad, is so broad. And I like, I went to public school. I went to private school. It right. was no different. Mm -mm. It was just no different. Some teachers gave a shit. Some teachers were willing to accommodate. Some teachers were just hard asses who had done it the same way for decades. Exactly. 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 And you know, the way other people like this special ed people will talk about, you're not supposed to say special ed, but the way people will talk about the, the teachers who are hard ass is like, well, she has very high standards. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm oh, like, fuck it's, you. It's, it's like whatever this subject is, I'm not going to out who this teacher is, but it's like, come on, man. Like I understand it's seventh grade and it's important. Anyway, that's been taking up a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my time. So that's me. How about you? Well, are, you're aware that like NASA sent a spaceship up into the space to <laughs> redirect an asteroid? Do you yeah, know that this happened yesterday? Yes. This I'm happened yesterday. It's just like the plot of Don't Look Up. 
They're yeah. except, you know, they said we're doing it as a practice, a, you know, a practice run for if asteroids. But then I was reading Twitter <laughs> and Mark Marin said, NASA knows something. Brace yourselves. I mean, and I, I know that Mark Marin is not like a NASA scientist. He's also a comedian. I don't <laughs> think he was being funny. <laughs> I. Well, I heard that there was like the reason that we're we're living this Bruce Willis movie is because um that they just want to know that they can redirect the asteroid. I know, but like why now? Why, why now? Do, like why do we do anything? I don't know. It just it just freaked me out. That's all. I understand. And I'm sorry you're freaked out. And that and we should be freaked out, but it's if it's not that, it's gonna be the 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 the, the hot ball of sun in there. Like it's just gonna be the hot. <laughs> like, it's gonna be like it's like one or the other. It's gonna be the plastics we're ingesting every day. It's like we're closer to the end than the beginning. Like it's like, how could we not be? Uh, yeah, it's fucked up and depressing. It's a little fucked up and depressing. And I've been like, you know, I'm fine. But like Paul's had COVID for like seven days now. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I should have, I knew that he had COVID. Do you have COVID? I have been testing negative. Mm. I tested myself yesterday morning. Most recently, I feel pretty much fine. Are you getting, have you gotten the new booster? I'm gonna, but I haven't yet. Me too. I'm going to get it too. Yeah. Is the new booster now we're just free? Like if I get the new booster, am I free? Do we understand this yet? Am I am I like, can I lick a bar? Like I don't really, <laughs> but can I go into like a crowded bar? Can I be a normal person? I mean, I'm kind of a normal person now, but then like I'm also like a weird, like I'm a normal person in the grocery store, but then all of a sudden I'll put on a mask if too many people crowd around me. I'm a normal person most places, but I will not not wear a mask at the drugstore because the drugstore is where sick people go. That's true. Wow. Good. Good thinking. Yeah. That's my thinking. Restaurants? Um, I've been, I've eaten indoors in so many restaurants. I've seen bands play indoors in so many like poorly ventilated venues. Right. Right. I think that, you know, what this booster is supposed to do was help with Omicron, which is what most people get these days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I mean, you can ride in Ubers in New York without masks on now, which is really weird. Oh, yeah, you can't here, or you couldn't a couple weeks ago. Maybe you can now. You couldn't a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's like, is it over? Is it not? I mean, but then you're still hearing about people are getting it for like 10 days. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, I don't want, I'm, so Paul's had it. Has he been really sick? Nope. Less sick than when he when we both had it around Thanksgiving. Okay. But still like, you know, just a lump on the sofa, just no energy. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, that's what it did the last time too. It was just much more profound the last time we were both just like, I could not wash a dish. I could not walk a dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not interested in it. I don't have time for it. I do not have time for it. I had a little sinus infection last week and I did everything in my power to get rid of it. And I did. I, but I was mm -hmm. just like, I cannot be laid up right now. This is not, this is not acceptable, but I also just couldn't be that kind of sick where you can't think, you know? Yep. So yep. I just, I mean, I was just, you don't even want to know the homeopathic remedies I was, <laughs> I was using to get, <laughs> to get through that fucking shit. But yes, it's over. Oh, there's fucking shit. I said, fuck again. 
God damn it. <laughs> I know, but but we just I mean, we you, you said that because we've gotten some some feedback that we swear a lot. Yes, we do. Somebody suggested we should give a warning at the top and be like, "Listen, we say fuck a lot. If this is not for you, turn off now." If but it does say explicit. It does. It does. Which is also kind of misleading because aside from like talk, you know, saying the word fuck a lot, we, we're not especially explicit. No, we don't talk about dicks that much or anything. We're not. <laughs> like, you know? No, it's funny though. I got one of those. I got one of those independently to me was sent to me. And then um, there was one on your blog. And I have to say, I love your blog is the best and your readers are the best. But sometimes I do like to come in and rabble rouse because there are... <laughs> There are some like, you know, there are some comments, like, I just feel like a, a bull in the china shop when I'm over on your blog. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> hello, ladies, what's up? <laughs> That's hilarious, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh God, because people get up, people get up. Some, some, some of your readers get very uptight about some, some things. I mean, I don't, there's some crossover with your blog and the podcast, and then there's some definitely not, you know, they just, they just want your recommendations for sweaters and they do not want my fucks. You know? <laughs> so I know, but it just, it just, we, we just, we both swear. We both swear. I don't care. I'm having a conversation with my friend. That's what this podcast is. That's <laughs> all it is. That's it. And I curse a lot with you. Now, Jen Bluestein, changing the subject slightly, yes. Jen Bluestein, our, our good friend who came on the podcast after Roe was struck down, or no, yes. before Roe was struck yes. down. Yes, yes, when we knew it was coming, yeah. When we knew it was coming. Um, she emailed me to say, I cannot believe you guys have not discuss the TV show Bad Sisters yet. Yes. And she sent that, the way that email, she sent it to both of us. And the way that email looked, it looked like she was fundraising. It was a democratic it fundraiser did. email. It was like a <laughs> warning or something. It was like, I'm alarmed. Yes. And that's what they say. This is Nancy Pelosi and I'm alarmed. Exactly. I was like, I didn't even read it for days. Anyway, back, <laughs> back to the main topic. <laughs> So then I did watch Bad Sisters. I just started it. I watched a few episodes. Okay, how is it? It's good. It's got Sharon Horgan in it, who I think is always amazing. She was she was in the show Catastrophe. Okay, yes, yes, yes. And she I think she probably produces it or something because I know she did with Catastrophe also. Okay. And it's about sisters, four sisters. Okay. I'm not saying anything that you don't learn in the trailer. Okay, thank you. Um, four sisters, three of whom may have murdered the fourth sister's husband. Oh. So it's, you know, who was very abusive and had beaten her down into a lifeless husk of her former self. So it's got a little vibe of that um, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Laura Dern, uh, yeah. by the beach show, whatever that was yeah, called. But yeah, but without as, quite as pretty scenery. Okay, okay. Is it good? Yeah, I kind of like it. Okay, good. I kind of like it. Can I tell you what else I've been watching an enormous amount of? And it's because Paul's been sick and I've just been laying on the sofa with him. Go ahead, what? Um, Shark Tank. <laughs> Which, by the Shark way, Tank. I thought was really, up until last year, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought Shark Tank was about sharks. <laughs> you did not. I, my hand to God, I thought it was, I had somehow conflated it with Shark Week and I had really thought it was about sharks until someone was like, um, what the fuck? 
That's hilarious. Anyway, continue. So it's it's like I've never watched the show. I had never watched the show before now, but these mm-hmm. people come on with their ideas. Mm-hmm. And then all these millionaires, multimillionaires, decide whether or not to invest in their ideas. Okay, okay. And one of them is Mark Cuban. And one of them is the guy, one of the original investors in Twitter. Mm-hmm. And one of them is this woman who I love. Oh, what the fuck is her name? Um, she's she's like made millions of dollars from so many people on QVC. Okay, okay, okay. And And... So, and then there are a few other people too, and people come on and they pitch their products and people like many people have become millionaires because of this show. It's like that lady with that mop that, that show, that movie that Jennifer Lawrence was in. Joy Mangiano. Yes. There you go. She made the mop. She made, um, the perfect steamer. Yeah. It's people (laughs) like that who, no, it's like the perfect steamer. They don't, they don't sell it anymore on QVC. And I don't know why, because it was the perfect travel steamer. My little steamer, I think it was called. You can find them on eBay for lots more money now, Mm. but it is all these people. And sometimes you just, the idea is all wrong and it's just ridiculous. And then sometimes it's, you know, like, They have these people on who invented things that have have made, you know, like that thing called Ring, which is on people's doors and is a security system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also like a camera. Okay. What is the best idea you've seen so far? Oh, that's really hard. Well, I can tell you it wasn't the terry cloth overalls. Well, were they supposed to wait? Were they supposed to be a towel? Was it supposed no, to No, they were supposed to be like the most comfortable overalls that ever not terry cloth, I'm sorry, sweatsuit material. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I saw those and I was like, I might wear those. I did not I thought that onesie looked good. I've seen them out in the wild. Really? I have. I have. And I thought, mm, I could do that with a cute tank top underneath, good sandals. Well, you could do that. You could do that. You do it in a fun color. It's 100% lady play clothes. It's like the, the, <laughs> the most like infantilizing wardrobe piece you could have. But I see how they would not be chic like, or, yeah. or, or classy. <laughs> God, I don't know what the best idea I've ever seen. Well, I do. I do. Um. I do always have in my home a what scrub daddy. Oh yeah. 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 Scrub daddies were like one of the big successes stories. And why I found that offensive somehow. Every time I see a scrub daddy in a store, I'm like, why is there a scrub daddy with a smiley face and a scrub mommy with a frowny face? Scrub mommy has a frowny face. I think scrub mommy has a frown. I think I'm right about this. I may have made this up, but I think Scrub, <laughs> I think Scrub Mommy has a frown. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know that I've seen Scrub Mommy. Did I make up Scrub Mommy? Or was I just mad that there was just something called Scrub Daddy? I don't okay, know. Okay, I'm Googling Scrub Mommy. I think there's a Scrub Mommy. Or maybe I just have like such internalized bitterness that, wait, there is a Scrub Mommy. No, Scrub Mommy does exist, but she is smiling. Okay, okay. Well, what's this? What's this one that seems to have a scary bear face? <laughs> well, they do seasonal ones. They do like Christmas ones. They probably do fall ones. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I, I'm just a huge fan of the Scrub Daddy. It just okay. really works. Does it work? Why does it work? What is good about? Because it? sponges get gross. That's true. That's sponges true. get really gross, and these just don't get gross in the same way. Okay. All right. Well, Scrub Mommy's also smiling as if she likes cleaning up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Speaking of scrub mommies and scrub daddies, <laughs> I 
I can't uh, wait. I have seen yet another story. There is, I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but there was another story. I saw it on our friend. We're just going to name drop all of our friends on this show. Kimberly Harrington shared another story about marital hatred and how let's talk about the normal amount of marital hatred. And like mm -hmm. Heather Haverlasky Haverlasky wrote a book about this last year. It was like, I hate my husband. He's a lump of flesh. It's like, there's this whole new thing that like, yeah, marriage totally sucks, but it's normal. Just stay in it for some reason. Just like, stay in it and hate that person. Just hate that person. It's normal to hate them. Let's normalize being miserable. It's a lot of work, but just, and I have not seen <laughs> this argument yet. Why, why this is a good, like why being miserable and living with someone you hate a, a, at least a, 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 like a, a pretty large amount is something we're supposed to do. Yeah. I don't understand that either. I mean, the only, the only front on which one could argue that it makes sense and it doesn't even make sense on that front is because of children. Yes. But children know when their parents hate each other. There's all kinds of reasons to stay in a marriage. And I totally understand there's financial reasons to stay in a marriage. There's, there's, you know, you stay for the kids. There's all these things, right? But this new real push that, oh yeah, you might hate your spouse, but that's normal. Just feels like the strangest it it's feels retrograde. Like, it's, I feel like they're trying to pull a fast one on us somehow. Like, well, don't don't get upset about it. We just it's okay. That's you know, psychologists say we all hate well, our I, mean, I can see like we're all driven fucking crazy by our partners. Yes, fine. Like, but 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 to to lodge yourself in hatred of them and decide that that's okay. Yes, yes. It doesn't yes. feel especially right. It doesn't feel especially right. And I'm not articulating this totally well because I haven't really gotten in depth in this thought, but I've been thinking a lot about the sort of the big sale of marriage and the big sale of like long-term misery of marriage that just everyone kind of accepts like, well, it's a lot of work, but it's, it, there's never even a, it's worth it. I never hear the end part of that sentence. Mm -hmm. I never hear the mm -hmm. well because companionship because I could I can get with that shared history, companionship. And you yeah. know this got into a lot of the stuff in the Joanne Woodward which I finished, the Joanne Woodward Paul Newman um the the last movie stars documentary. Um which she really put up with a lot. Did you have you watched the whole thing? I haven't watched it. Okay. She put up with so much. He was this really serious alcoholic. He was a philanderer. He did some really he made her take care. He left her to take care of not only their kids together, but his kids from a previous mm. marriage. He then he did some very there's no other word to say it, cruel things to her. He put her in a movie. He directed her in a movie where she was this very unlikable character, this kind of shrew. And they mm -hmm. like show like these, there's these interviews with her or the, the transcripts from these interviews with her talking about this experience where he really put her through it, really made her very unappealing. And he really put her through it. Right. And we don't talk about all that because they made it, they made it through it. So it's this huge success story. And the very mm -hmm. end of the film is this very romantic thing that I, I cried about because I really just bought it hook, line and sinker and didn't even think about it, which is 
the year before he died, he left in her stocking. He knew he was going to die within the year and it was Christmas. And he left in her stocking his compass. So the next year when it was Christmas, she would find this gift from him. Mm -hmm. That's an incredibly romantic story. And we talk about this like incredible love, but she got the rawest deal in this relationship. Yeah. And it's so weird that how much we need to believe the fairy tale that we won't really talk about the reality of the raw deal in the middle. Yeah. So anyway, something I've been thinking about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know because I haven't, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but I, I am probably getting married. Yeah. And you know, I've had people say like, why? Like you're 58. Why? And, and, to me, it makes sense. Yeah. To me, it feels like it feels like I want to do it emotionally. I want to do it because I think it's romantic to get married when yes. you're a little older. Yes. You know, but it does. I mean, you know, it's it's scary. It's scary to think like, you know, and, and scary to think about what actually that piece of paper says or what that piece of paper does and how much better maybe you would be off without the piece of paper. I don't, I don't know. I think there are lots of happy marriages. I think that people, I think that, I think that people get together and they are equals and they show up equally through, through life's ups and downs and, you know, and whatever that looks like, they figure out the configuration of what the puzzle is of the, the difficulties and the challenges of adulthood, you know, caretaking Mm -hmm. and whether that's, you know, caretaking children or caretaking parents or caretaking each other, they figure out that puzzle in a way that has some equity. And if it doesn't, they're okay with it not having equity and they're hot for each other and, or they're not, and they're okay with that too. I think there is, there are many marriages that do work, but the fact that if your marriage is not working, we're sold this suffering mm-hmm. that you're just supposed to suffer because there's also this thing of like, well, you don't, at our age, you do not want to leave a marriage because, oh, nobody's going to want you. I mean, I think women are really sold that too. People, I mean, people said that to me when I was considering leaving my husband and I was 40 at the time. Oh my God. The most beautiful you've ever been. I, I was very pretty at 40, but people were no, like, I mean, and it was 40 is a very beautiful age. I think, I think women are yeah. really beautiful at 40. I, you know, so I'm just saying that like, yeah. Yeah. But no, I do. I do actually think I, I looked my best in my early forties. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, I was alone a lot of the time. You know, yeah. I was lonely a lot of the time. It was really hard to meet people. Um, but I never, I was all, I always used to say to myself, I, I'm really glad I didn't know how much time I was going to spend alone because if I had, I wouldn't have left my husband. Right. I would have been too scared to. And that was like, that was a life-saving thing I did. I mean, he wasn't abusive. It wasn't life-saving that way, but it, 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 I mean, I can't imagine just, I, I really felt some hatred and resentment towards him. And I guess that maybe it's like, you know, if the hatred comes and it's, it's, it, 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 it's part of a wave that includes lots of other things. Yeah. And, 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 and I think also like, maybe it's a way of saying like, we all hate our partners, a way of saying like this other thing we've been sold is a myth. This whole idea that marriage is life partners and soulmates forever and ever. So maybe it's just an attempt to like move the meter back over, but it goes too far. 
Yes, I think that that's I think that's fair. And I also just think as I've said about many things that nobody really talks about like the after. You know, it's like happily ever after. Well, what is that? You know what mm-hmm. <laughs> like what it what is that? We don't really talk about that. And we I think in the patriarchy, I do think that we do have an idea that a successful life, if you're a, a heterosexual woman, can only come in partnership with a man. I really do oh, that, think. Yeah. And people look at you with pity if you're if you're single. Like, I mean, I know for me, and I, you know, I love my husband, and this is this is not like some like hidden conversation about this. I love my husband, but if I were to leave my husband, I'm not looking to trade him. I'm not looking to get another man. Like I've already done this for fucking 20 years, 25, 30 years. Like I'm looking for freedom. I'm not looking to hop out and be like, yeah, you know what? Hop hop back in. Let me, let me, let me fucking clean the toilet after you now. No fucking thing. It's like, no. Um, But anyway, so that's something, that's something that's been on my mind a little bit, especially now. I just feel like, we should not look at women who are getting divorced with the kind of sadness and pity that we do. We should celebrate people who are getting out of unhappy marriages. And that's just the bottom line. You know what? I, I agree a hundred percent. Once when I was in Milan for work, I was at a dinner mm-hmm. and I was seated next to this very stylish, you know, fashion executive man. And he asked me if I was married and I said, I'm getting divorced. And he said, Congratulations. That's and it. it was so great because that's how I felt. Yes. That's how I felt. It was like a huge, you know, I got such a bounce off of leaving that marriage, you know. No, and you know, I I've been I've been I have been trying to like write into this these chapters of my book cuz I'm doing a revision and I had to like I had to talk about my first divorce cuz I really I hadn't really and I had dropped it in but I hadn't really discussed it whatever. And I realized everyone, when I was getting divorced that first time, everyone in my life was like, well, he's not that bad. I mean, you could do, you could do worse. I mean, you could, you know, whatever. Like it was like that. And it was almost like I had to justify wanting to leave him. And I just wanted to. And even in the book, I I was like justifying it, but I just wanted to, I just wanted something else. I think you, you also knew there was more for you. Yes. I just wanted something else. Yeah. And we don't just allow ourselves to just want something else. And like, sure, when there's kids involved, just wanting something else is maybe selfish, whatever. But like, sometimes you just want something else. And that's cool. That's amazing. We're here one time. You should just want something else, you know? So anyway, that's, that's my rant about marital hatred. Um, what else is going on? Um, well, other than marital hatred and the, oh, you know what I've been thinking about? What? I've been thinking about all my stuff. Oh. Like every apartment I've lived in pretty much it for the last 20 years has had a room bigger than a closet full of my shit, (laughs) just full of my shit. I won't put it in storage because I think once you put something in storage, it, it might as well be gone. It might as well. You're right. And yet, like, I go in there and I've got, like, a million photos and I don't mm-hmm. want to go through my – and I, I need, like, half of those million photos. Right. But I won't go through the photos because I find going through old photographs to be a really heavy experience. It is. Or, it is. And, 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 and I have to be prepared to do it. Yep. Um, my clips, all the articles I've wrote, do I need to hang on to them? 
do I really need to hang on to them? Do I need to know what I wrote about Tori Amos and Spin Magazine in 1994 or can that go? I mean, you could you could hire like a person to digitize them. Yeah, that's probably what I should do. I mean, but then digitizing feels so weird because, but also it's like fun to have the tangible thing, but digitizing feels so weird because it is like the cloud. What is it? Like, where are we going with this? Where, where are we going? going? Where's, Where, yeah. what's, is this technology? It's like, I don't have a VCR. You know what I mean? Like, where are we? Like, that's 20 know, years and from now. <laughs> and these clips are so old, most of them, you I know? know, I just, I know. and then, and then I've got 10 years of lucky at my mom's storage unit in her building. Okay. Like what's ever going to happen to those? I mean, occasionally I want to look at an old lucky, but I haven't in 10 years and like clothes and stuff like hanging on to shit. I, I, I think I'm pretty unsentimental, but I, I, I want to turn that room. I really, really badly want to turn that room that has all my shit in it into my office. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small room, but it's big enough to be an office and I just feel like maybe I'd, you know, I'll keep my sassies. The sassies feel, you know, worth keeping. Yes. Oh, good. There's some oh, good. The sawing sound. The, the sawing through the brain sound is back. <laughs> I was really hoping it would come back while we were taping. I missed it, really. It was like a... <laughs> like um, the purr of a kitten. Let's take a quick break from some ads. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. 
Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25 percent off and we're back we put a call out for questions and somebody asked how we organize our closets and i saw it i just saw it before we started taping and i almost started cry laughing because they don't what they don't know what they don't know is that you and i are I, i'm not going to speak for you I am like a wild animal in a closet. Like it's, is it, what is my closet even? I don't, I have, there's no, there's no order. My shoes are just like stacked on top of each other. Like there's no, it's just it's blouses shoved. There's like a, a fur. <laughs> I've never had the closet I deserve. Oh my God, Kim France. That is exactly how I feel. <laughs> I've just never had the closet I deserve, you know, like the really nice California closet with room. I mean, it wouldn't matter. My closet would still be a complete mess. And I also, no matter, and maybe you're this way too, no matter how many clothes I have, the clothes I'm actually wearing at any given moment are like a fraction of my wardrobe. Oh, always, 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 always. But I have things... See, it just depends on where your life is, right? If I wind up going back into an office, I like to wear a different outfit every day. Like I like to wear th all different outfits all the time. And I like many, many things to choose from. This is kind of why I'm a terrible, terrible at packing because I like, I like the element of choice. And I also, Andrea and I, when Andrea was on the show, Andrea Lynette, I'm similar to Andrea in that I go through phases very quickly and but I, I return to other phases, right? So I like to have a large collection of clothes. They're not necessarily even on trend. They're just many different kinds of things that I that I cycle through. And you're yeah. right. I've never had the closet I deserve. And part of that is I've never built the closet I deserve because the, I, my brain doesn't think that way. No, mine doesn't. And some people's brains think that way immediately. Yes. Yes. They just see immediately. it. They how's, deserve the closet they deserve, wait, I how's guess. How's your kitchen organized? It's okay. But I mean, it's my kitchen is very small. Right. And then, you know, I live in an apartment that's two floors, floor through, like a townhouse floor through. So all my kitchen, so I'm sitting right now in like the quote unquote dining room. Yes. But like a lot of my kitchen shit is in here. Right. And then the hallway, the little short hallway between here and the living room, there are some shelves and I keep everything in there. And 
It like I can keep the dishes and everything organized. Yes. I just can't e- keep the pantry organized. Okay, okay. And 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 yes, and go. go. At the beginning of the summer, I was like, there are so many ants in my pantry. Oh. And I was read an article about how ants were a big problem in New York at the moment. I got a bunch of ant traps. I come back after Labor Day, the ants are gone. The ants are all gone. I find in my pantry an empty um, container of honey that the lid has come off of. Oh, ants, ant party. So the ants were all marching to their death. (laughs) (laughs) I have this honey container and it it, 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 like, it fell, you know, it it spilled, the honey spilled. Right. And when I discovered the honey container, it had like what must have been hundreds of dead ants in it because they had all marched to their death into the honey where they can no longer move. But it got rid of the ant problem. It caused the ant problem and then got rid of the ant problem. I mean, look, you're solving problems for yourself. Like that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. A couple of years ago we had, and this will never happen to me again. Well, it could. I mean, it's not like I'm so perfect, but we had one of those, like, have you ever had like grain moths? No. So, and this is, when I moved to California, new things happened that had never happened before. Like I understood roaches and ants and, you know, how to deal with that mice, you know, but in California, something, all new things were happening. And coyotes, coyotes, possum, you know, just like in your window with its fucking eyes, like, you know, just there's wildlife everywhere, whatever. Uh, Mountain lions on our street. Okay. So, so, but these were just the moths. And moths are disgusting in your in your kitchen, and they get in the grains if your grains are not sealed correctly. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And I didn't know this. We just had like I don't know, like whatever flour dust in the pantry. Who who the fuck knows, right? What was in there? It was just like it was a grain party again. And you have to put up to get rid of them. You have to put up because they, there's no way to. They, they're crazy. They multiply like crazy. So you're opening your counter, your cabinets, and it's just moths in the face and moths Yikes. in your like moth larvae. It's just everywhere. Okay, so you have to put up these little like t- tents. They look like little teepees, but they're sticky on the inside. And the moths go to them and they go to the inside and it's so satisfying, but also so revolting. Again, this is like the parts of adulthood that I'm terrible at. I I never had anticipated anything like it. It's like a horror anyway. So you just have like these, these big, it's kind of like your honey thing. You have these like sticky tents of moth corpse, moth carcass. Anyway, if you don't, I don't want anybody to ever have to live like that again. Um, Let's change the subject. We're going to get into questions in a minute, but I just want to know who is your favorite designer right now? Hard question. Kind of a hard question. I mean, Maria Cornejo has been my favorite designer for a long time. Yes. Um, And I don't know, you know, because I don't buy designer clothes the same way and I don't watch the runways. Okay. But like small, like an indie designer even. Oh, well, I like the brand 6397 a lot. Okay. They do jeans and cute basics. And um, I know you just put me on the spot, Jen. And now I can't think of it. I'm so sorry. Well, no, it's okay. I'm trying to think of who I like. I don't know. Well, I don't know because my my Nilly Lotan. Yeah, I really like Nilly Lotan. I think she's really overpriced. 
Okay. Really super overpriced. So most of the Neely Lotan I buy, I buy on the real real where you can always find good deals. But that's kind of like sort of preppy, sort of tomboy, but with some girly flourishes. Who's your favorite designer? Well, I've just was looking at, and I know you know this person, so it's kind of embarrassing and I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Becklina. Beck, Beck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, we only know each other through like social media. Okay. Well, I've just, I, I've been, uh, this is not an ad, but I've been so obnoxious because I've been, I've just loving every single piece that she's putting out, every single shoe, every single pant, just everything. It's, it's exactly it's really right in your wheelhouse. It's exactly the middle age to older. It's like the future of me. And I've really <laughs> have been studying it lately because I've been studying all her clothes lately because I'm like, this is exactly who I want to be as an older woman. Like it's so hard to find that. Cause I also like Mara, I also like Mara Hoffman. Like I, you know, but then I'm like, I don't want the tit stuff. Cause sometimes her shit's also cut low and I don't want, or like yeah. no support in the boobs or, you know, whatever. But I was just looking at them and I was like, oh, this is, you just see somebody's like real creativity too happening. Like they're having fun mm -hmm. with what they're doing. You know, they're yeah. just having a really good time. Um, yeah. but so anyway, that was, I was thinking about if you had one, because I had recently found, I was like, oh, that's my favorite designer right now. That's so funny. I was going to mention Becklina yeah, in my list. I, I, I mean, it is like when I, when I, when I go to that website, I'm like, oh, I can wear colors. Yes. How hard, how hard could that be? Yes. Yes. Because it's not selling us. She's not selling us that Eileen Fisher and I'm not saying the Becklina clothes are for, for middle-aged or older women. They're for everybody. But she's she's not selling that Eileen Fisher, everything has to be in neutrals and match and like sort of, you know, a waterfall of cashmere, you know, which I'm – yeah, I, it, that's never – or linen. That's like never really happening for me. Like that's not – I'm never going to be that lady. I will feel drab and sad. And, and I've just been thinking about – how do you do sort of vibrant and kooky, a tiny bit kooky, like just a drop of kooky mm -hmm. without it being clownish as you get older? You know, this is my, my constant just push. It's pull. hard. You know, there's a brand I like, it's expensive and I don't own anything by them. La Double J. Mm, I don't even know that. La Double J. Look it up. It, 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 it's, so, they make such awesome prints mm -hmm. and cool dresses. Some of the dresses are in shapes I would just never wear, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. had a, um, a shirt dress with a cherry print on it mm -hmm. that I just watched on Net-A-Porter to see if it would go on sale and it never did. Well, because most clothes that are, most clothes that are kind of exciting that are just like, Whoa, that's really, that's interesting. That's unique they're mostly made for younger people. Like, you mm -hmm. know, there's the, there's the, there's this brand called fashion brand and that's the, the sweater I have with all the nipples on it. And like, which I know you think is, is really crazy and it is, but like, but like she makes really cool stuff. There's this brand, Lisa says, God, that, that makes yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. zany stuff, but you look at it and you're like, Oh, that's too short. That's cut wrong. Like, you well, want, everything yeah. is cropped and everything has yes. a ruffle on it right now. Oh. Every top is cropped. Or that, and like, the ruffles, weird, that weird like that puff sleeve shirt with like the crop and the puff sleeves. It's like just, it's like Daisy Duke yeah. shirt. You know, anyway, the ruffles go. 
Yeah, the ruffles. No, I just like, it's hard. The ruffles make everything hard. And so does the cropping. You know, I was just saying this on the blog. I used to always shop on ShopBop. And yeah. I'm like, did they change or did I? Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of both. I think they've gotten younger and I'm just like, well, I can't wear that. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't know. I honestly, you know, in the questions that people ask, one of them was like, which Instagram accounts, where do you go for style inspiration? I have to say, I know there are good Instagram accounts of women over 40 with great style, but I don't follow any of them. And I, I have a really, maybe I should, because I, I am feeling very style uninspired. There's a movie called, see, I get my, I get some of it from Instagram, but it's uneven. And also it's a lot of pressure on those people. And also what winds up happening usually if somebody becomes a fashion inspiration, and this is no offense to anybody who makes these accounts, influencers, etc. But usually what winds up happening is because if they have really good style, they wind up selling out at a certain point because they can make money from brands. And then all of a sudden the style changes because they're getting all the shit for free. It's not as creative anymore. And it happens pretty fast because once you reach a certain number of followers, you can get a lot of brands and ads. And so then it's just inauthentic and it's, it's, it, it it defeats the purpose of why I went there in the fucking first place. So I usually get things, I mean, there's so many good costume designers. And if you hit a movie, like right now, my, one of my biggest style inspirations is a movie. There's, there's a movie called Souvenir and Souvenir 2 just came out recently or this year. And it's a movie with Tilda Swinton, but she's not the star. Her, her daughter, who I'm forgetting her name is the star of this movie. And it's a movie about a young filmmaker who's involved. The first one is about a young filmmaker who's involved with a junkie. And then the second one is her life after this junkie. And they're, they're, they're really, they're really, really good movies, but souvenir two, the clothes are incredible. The outfits are Mm -hmm. perfect. I was like, I have never seen a silver lame pant with a long black sweater and a long black coat and a pair of boots. I've never hmm. seen that outfit before. And that outfit is fucking perfect. And now I'm on the wow. hunt for a pair of silver lame pants. Anyway, so that's where I get my style inspiration is by really, usually indie movies with a really good costume designer. Right. Um, anyway, speaking of questions that people ask us, this is a nice segue into, we got asked a lot of questions. You want to answer some of them? Yeah. Or did you have something else? I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm going to start with this question. It's not the first question, but it's from my friend, Lauren Metchling. Okay. The novelist. She's a wonderful novelist. Um, She says, what books are you reading and what drives you crazy about each other and what podcasts do you love? Oh, God. So- that's a lot of questions. Okay. Okay. What books are you reading? We'll answer them. One, we'll answer them together. Um, I'm only doing forensic reading right now because I am, um, I'm finishing, I'm doing revisions for this memoir. Mm-hmm. I am reading The Chronology of Water by Lydia Yuknovich, which is, if you've never read it, it is one of the most beautiful memoirs ever written. And I am sort of looking at how she's woven really gorgeous writing without losing a story because sometimes the writing can overpower a simple, the simplicity of a story. So I'm rereading that. And she is one of my favorite writers. If anyone's not read her, uh, Lydia Yuknovich, you really should because she's incredible. And that's what I'm reading. You. 
Um, I've been reading a book called Malibu Rising. Mm -hmm. It's by Taylor Jenkins Reid, I believe is her name. Okay. Um, She also wrote that book, I Liked Daisy Jones and the Six. That's right. That's right. Um, She just writes, she just like gets me at my like sweet spot of like writing about California of past years, like something I was not there for and am not that familiar with, but have a lot of romantic ideas about. So I've been reading that. And then I read this review. I got to say, I read this review of the unauthorized biography of um, Anthony Bourdain, and I'm a little interested in reading that. Oh, I'm interested in reading that very much. Oh, I'm also have on deck Matthew McConaughey's um, <laughs> memoir. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Next Okay. Question. What drives us most crazy about each other? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> what drives me most? Uh, nothing drives me crazy about you. Yes. I will say that. But- what bothers me is how bothered you get about criticism. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's 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 because also you have to hear it from me, and it's a, well, no, it's not even that. It's that you take it, you take it so it just goes right to your gut sometimes, and and it just it just bums me out because because I wish it didn't bother you as much. Okay, what bums me out about you? Because I think this is what we're talking about. Is it bums me out? when you undervalue yourself. I knew you were going to say that. It does. It fucking makes I knew me, you were going to say it that. It makes me furious. It, it bums me out too. It's fine. It bums me out too. I knew that's what you were going to say. All right. Well, um, I, because it's been, yeah. a, it's been our topic for a while. That's okay. Did we survive that? We Lauren, sur- that was so mean of you to make us do. Yeah, really? If we did it. Whew. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And podcasts. What other podcasts do you listen to? You have a lot of them. I mean, I listen to Maintenance Phase. Maintenance Phase is probably my favorite. My, maintenance Phase is an incredible podcast. It's probably my favorite. I, But I mean, I listen to podcasts. I probably listen to about three hours of podcasts a day. Wow. Um, I listen to- Like, can you listen to podcasts and work at the same time? No, but I listen to podcasts. I'm never not hearing something, which is a problem. I'm never not hearing noise, like if I, unless I'm working. So while I'm cooking dinner, when I'm walking to the place where the the writer's space that I go to sometimes, when I go for a walk, I'm always listening to podcasts. So I, I have- I have many, many podcasts I listen to, but I would say that I think maintenance phase is is the best. Well, my favorite podcast just came back on the air this week. Okay. Heav- heavyweight. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, which I really love, which is all about closure. You know, people come to them with the things that are bugging them that they haven't had closure in and and mm-hmm. and, and, and the host locates closure for them, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. No, that's amazing. Um, I also, I've started listening to Maintenance Phase. Their their Goop episode was hilarious. It was so good. Oh, you know what else is an old podcast, but if anyone hasn't listened to it, it's brilliant. Um, uh, the Mystery Show with uh, Starly yeah. Klein is incredible. Dead Eyes is an incredible podcast. Um, I listened to This Young Ian Life. I listened to You're Wrong About. I, yeah, I love You're Wrong About I've currently listening to, and this is going to be an upcoming guest. There's a podcast called Shameless Acquisition Target, which is all about a person. It was, I'm not even going to get into what it is. Um, it's it's a really really good podcast. And um, in terms of narrative, I listen to You Must Remember This. I listened to. Um, I thought as a, in terms of a narrative podcast, Mother Country Radicals was really good. I think that's. 
That's like most of mine. That's that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, what are my other ones? I I I also um, listened to many things. The Just Enough Family is that what that one was called? Oh, that yeah. was so good about Liz Lang's family, and then. Once Upon a Time in Bennington, which is about Bennington College in the 80s, is a really good narrative podcast. Yeah, that I've been was good. Enjoying that very much. Someone asked me to come on a podcast about Condé Nast, and I said no. I thought that that was a good decision for a number of reasons. Why do it? Why do it? They, I cash their checks for 10 years. What do I got to go on there and talk shit about them? Well, but also if you're going to be giving, if you're going to be giving up the stories, they should really benefit you is the truth. I mean, I agree. This is a transactional world. The only way I don't feel that way, because you write, and I don't know if it'll end up in the final book, but you write pretty, um, you know, personally is the wrong word, but you were there um, about what happened to me when I had my mental health crisis. Yes. And... You sent it to me to read, and I was like, you know what? Like, I actually, I, I do feel like my story is mine to tell, and I feel territorial about it. But I was, I was so comfortable, yeah, with what you wrote, even though it's kind of uncomfortable, even though it's it it it, it doesn't reflect especially well on me in several respects, you know. Well, I mean, I well, I mean, I think that 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 story is about our friendship too. And about, yeah. and about my, I, I, I think, and I, I hope it's about our friendship and my very, very big love for you. Even in that moment when I didn't know you and it was a confusing time because you were my boss and you were struggling and, you know, and that, that was a, that was a complicated thing to write about. And that's why I sent it to you early. You were the first person who read anything from my book. Wow. I didn't, I was not aware of that, but it, no, I mean, what I'm saying is like, I love you so much and trust you so much that letting you tell that part of my story, which I felt very territorial about is like fine with me. Yes. Yes. And if, but also equally know that if you were like, nah, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. I also had an old boyfriend who I said, if you want to read this, um, I'm going, I'm publishing an entire chapter of my book about you. If you want to read this, you can. And he was like, I trust you implicitly. No. And I was like, wow. I was like, oh my God. Like, oh, like that made me feel so like, oh, so tender. And just like, it's okay. That was our story. And I trust that you'll tell it well. And I really, God, people can be so generous sometimes, including you. So thank you. Oh, you too, sweetie. Okay. Your turn to ask a question. Okay. Okay. Um, sassy gossip, please. Was the reader produced issue fun? How was the sassiest girl in America chosen? A question I always want to know. more. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> um, the sassiest girl in America, there would always be an assignment like, you know, Make something that tells us five things about you, or I don't know. I made a they scroll. Were I made that. a scroll. Go ahead. I wish I had seen that scroll. <laughs> I probably did see that scroll because I was in charge of Sassiest Girl in America for a few years. And I looked at all of the entries, which were amazing, as you can imagine. The girl with the so egg, personal. the girl who blew the eggs out one. She should have. I mean, it was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> But the, I'm still in touch with one of the sassiest girls in America, Sala. Wow. Um, who I think throughout her life has had people say to her, were you the sassiest girl in America? The reader produced issue was fun. What I remember really clearly about the reader produced issue was that 
the girls all had like a lot of them came in like guns blazing, like they knew everything that there was to know. And when somebody said, I mean, can you believe it? The way they're walking around, like they know everything. Wow. And someone else said, yeah. What do you think they read that made them feel that way? <laughs> Perfect, actually. Yeah. Um, but was, were you afraid that they were going to just put out crap or like, did you have to like heavily edit them? They were, I mean, different people were edited to different degrees, but a lot of people who worked on those reader produced issues went on to go work in publishing. I forget the name. There was a big fashion photographer, Carter something, I think, who okay. was in a reader produced issue. Um, a woman named Samantha Shapiro, who writes for the Times Magazine still, I think, was, I mean, her writing when she was in 12th grade was already like professional level. Okay. Okay. So there were some people who needed more editing than others and the issues were definitely edited, you know, yeah. but some people came in with a huge amount of like raw talent, I would say. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I tried to be the sassiest girl in America at least two years. There might've been a third. I remember when you told me that it was so long ago. It was so long ago. It was very, I remember, I remember when Christina Kelly came into the office at, at Lucky and you knew that I wanted to meet her and she came by my desk and I turned bright red and just shook. I was, it was such a big deal to me. It was so crazy. I don't think people have that. I don't know because of Instagram, if people have that same experience of like professional heroes, I don't know if, if. Because we feel so accessible to each, you know, because we can see people on social yeah. media. I don't know if you have that, but it was just like, I mean, it was already enough that I was working with you and Andrea. It was like, Christina Kelly's in the fucking office. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were, you were like catatonic practically. I, I really was. I really was. It was the whole, I mean, it was the whole reason that I'd gotten into magazines was sassy, you know, obviously. Yeah. All right. Next question. Um. I don't know if we're going to have anything for this, but let's try. I'd like to open myself up to a relationship. I'm 51 and bisexual, and I do not want to do the dating apps, or at least not exclusively. What are your most creative and out-of-the-box ideas to put myself out there again? Oh, God, I am I really want to help with this, but like, I have it's no so idea. Hard. But like, ooh, dating apps. Dating apps are extra yucky, but they also occasionally work. They also occasionally work. What else is there? Is there there is, like a I mean, dance, there's something like, like dance class. Can you learn the salsa? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are people, I know people who met people as a result of going, I'm going to meet someone by joining a lot of clubs and going on like a hiking group and all that stuff. And people used to say that to me and I would roll my eyes. Right. But you know, you're like, I've said before, like the, the next big person in your life isn't going to like crash through your ceiling while you're watching law and order. Like you got to do something. But I guess what, I guess the question is, what are you looking for? Like what, what is it that like how, getting yourself out there? What are you getting there out there for? Are you getting out there for sex? Because if you're getting out there for sex, do the dating apps. I, I have lots of friends who are getting some nice sex. <laughs> <laughs> From the apps. I, feel like I like the hand gesture there. I'm sorry our listeners can't see it. I kind of made like a big sun with my hands. <laughs> Explicably. No, I mean, as, are you getting, are you want to get out there because you want like a long-term relationship? Then I think that that's a different story than if you just want to have some sex. Because 
long-term relationships are much harder to find. My understanding is from the apps. Like that is just like really a challenge and you have to fuck a lot of frogs before you like, right? There's, there's some frog fucking that happens. Frog fucking. And because I know that younger people, because I, I've been, I know younger people want to sleep with older women. I think both men and women want to sleep with older women. And if it's just sex you're after, I mean, we've had guests on, I've talked to older women. If you just are looking for sex, go for the apps. That's fun. If you're just looking for a yeah. fun time, but if you're really looking for a long-term relationship, I think that's a little more challenging, but that's always a little more challenging, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, for instance, matchmakers are a waste of money and time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say to put any money or time into that particular um, solution. You know, there are groups like Revel, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that gets women together for like activities yeah. all over the country. Yeah. And something like that. I mean, if you're bi, then you could meet a nice lady that way. Totally. Totally. Or like, yeah, interests, you know, even like, you know, it depends on what your interests are. Like you could probably find somebody in, in interest. I think getting yourself out there is getting out there, right? So yes, yeah. go take a class, go just be in the world too. I think that, I think your idea that no one's going to fall through your ceiling is right, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be dating apps. It means you have to be out in the world. You got to do something. Yes. You've got to be out in the world. And, 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 and I hated when people would say to me, like, you've just got to put yourself out Ugh. there. I just want to, oh, just stop. You know, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. But I think that if you go into things like, let's say you like hiking, you know, there, I know there are millions of hiking groups around New York. Yeah. Like you do that, you don't meet someone, but you still had fun hiking. Yes. 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 You know, and you may make a really good friend. Yes. You take like a pottery class or whatever it is, I mean, you know, my mother, my 85 year old mother is always making friends because she takes classes yep. all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, but it yeah. is, I mean, I hate giving any of this advice because it's so hard. Yeah. It sucks. The whole thing sucks. The whole thing sucks. Um, I think that the whole thing is to not, I don't know. No. You know what the thing is? I don't know. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say what I think because I really don't know. And I'm totally not uninformed in this and I should accept my own ignorance. Um, <laughs> You've just been married for a long time. I've been married for a hundred years. Um, okay. Um, okay. Tips for when you already have too many pairs of perfectly good shoes, sunglasses, clothing items, but you need to update your look. Um, what do people do about clothing that is fine, but looking last season? I'm sure there are those who have all this dialed. I feel like for me, if you have enough of everything, then you, but you, but you don't like anything, then you don't have enough of everything. Right. So it's like that, that I, right. I have to like argue with the premise of the question a little bit, because if you hate everything, then you don't have enough of everything. Like that's just, let's say that. For me, it's like, it's building things around like an anchor piece. Like I have this pair of right now, they're like a pale pink paper bag waist pants. They're from J crew and they, I got them on super sale and they looked like they were going to fit abysmally, but they actually fit me really well. And I kind of built a wardrobe around them. Like I wore them the other night with like this very, um, 
this very like loose fitting brown silk button down blouse with the sleeves all rolled up and a pair of sandals and a, a leopard print belt. Like I have found a million ways to wear them. I wear them sometimes with a bodysuit. I wear like whatever that is for you. They're kind of an anchor piece for me. And then I kind of build around them or opposite. You see what you have and what are you missing? Like what would make this outfit look cute to you? Right. It's kind of like it's 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 a it's a lot of yeah. equations, I feel like. I feel like this this this, you know, we used to call them yeah. excitement pieces. You know, like having a few good excitement pieces, buying yourself a you know, some fantastic new jacket. Yes, that can really help. You know, that's such an easy way to do it. Buy yourself some cool cool outerwear. A couple new necklaces if you want to do like the stacked on top of each other necklaces and just trying everything on, like really just spending an afternoon. And I love doing this. I do this not as much as I would like to, but spending an afternoon, putting all your, like putting your clothes on your bed, trying things on together. Oh, that doesn't really look that great with those shoes. Oh, you know what? Actually this, these shoes look better with this. Just having like a big try on party with your clothes and thinking, what would make this, what would I like better here? Do I need a thick black belt? Do I need a thin black belt? Do I, what, like, what am I missing that would make these outfits that I'm trying to put together look better? And if yeah. something looks so last season and it's not in any way like a timeless piece and you don't feel like it looks good on you, get rid of it. You know, you know, the happiest I ever was with my wardrobe mm -hmm. was the, after I separated from my husband, I lived for the summer in a hotel. Okay. And I lived for a summer in a hotel and I didn't bring all my clothes with me. I okay. just brought the things I thought I would wear the most okay. because I had a tiny hotel closet. Okay. And every day I was like, oh, I'll just wear that thing because I had so fewer options. It's That's options that make you crazy. You know, it's all the looking at a full closet and feeling you've got, it's back to what I was saying at the beginning, like always having some tiny little section of my closet of clothes that I'm actually wearing. Right. But you might have things in there that you haven't, that you haven't tried on in a while. Like it is, it is nice to keep pieces that you think really look good on you. And I have, I definitely have. You know, because they might, they might come back. Like you might like them again one day. You might be like, oh, oh I, actually. I know? totally believe that. I believe that you, you know, anybody who says anything you haven't worn in a year, you should throw out. I think that is the worst advice, the worst advice, because you never know when something's going to come off the bench Yeah, and no, like I, get worn all the time. If something fits you really well and just looks good on you with your skin tone, with like whatever it is, like. I really have, I've regretted the things. I had this great Stella McCartney dress. It was like a, I don't even know why I got rid of it. It was like a heavyweight, bright blue. And I was like, oh, I'm over that color. I wish I had that dress again. It was like, it had really nice sleeves. Anyway, there's things that had looked good on me that were not in style that I got rid of. And I feel very bad about that. But equally, if something just, you're just like, there's something wrong with this dress. It just, I can't make it work. Those it's are never going to work. Should, it's never going to work. It's you got to get, work. even if you spend a lot of money on it. it you're, the thing you hate about it, that's just not right. You're always going to hate about it. Yeah. That's good and, advice. And look for the things that, that you like, look for replicas of them. 
Like I can't wear a straight button down because my shoulders are too broad. I mean, I can, I don't like the way it looks, but if the sleeve is dropped a little bit or the shoulders dropped a little bit, I can wear that button down. So I know when I'm looking for button downs, I'm always looking for a little bit of a drop shoulder. Those look best on me. And when I see those, I buy them. Right. That's good advice. Um, well, well, listen, we've been talking for an hour and nine minutes and 16 seconds. We've been talking also, for a long yes. time and, and, and the, and the, um, brain saw noise is getting louder. It is. It is. It's, it's sawing through the brain. So I think this is, this is the episode for this week. Thanks for listening to everything is fine. <laughs> Um, we're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms. It really helps people find our show and it makes a big difference. If you want to support the production of the show, you can please join our Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We do live events there. We do special bonus episodes and special bonus clips. We blog there sometimes. If you want to follow the show on social media, we're on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're on Facebook with a private Facebook group. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. You can find Kim France on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. The show is mixed and edited by the great Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 